God, praise God, amen, glory to God. Well, good morning, everybody. We're so glad you're with us here this morning for a great summit church. Turn and look at your neighbor and say, I believe God is good, especially to me. And uh, we are so glad you're with us. We want to give a huge shout out real quick to uh, a number of families. I um, want to be praying, remind everybody here and at home to pray for Joe Collins, but also one of our elders, uh, Greg, his wife, Teresa. She uh, fell last night and uh, she's at home, and, but he's with her, so we're praying for her. Also, to let you know, uh, Greg's got a birthday tomorrow. If you want to send him a text, and uh, he'll be uh, 74. No, he's not. He's like, he's like 65 or something. 60, he's like 63 or 62. Um, but anyway, he looks 74. And uh, hopefully he's seeing this and watching this. And, uh, so I can hear about it later. Amen. Please stand up with me this morning. I uh, want to remind everybody too, again, after service today, praise God, we're going to be uh, having a, a meal and fellowship. I want to encourage you to stay. It's going to be a great time of fellowship, great time of, uh, of uh, gathering. Good to have Miss Edie with us this morning. Amen. So look at somebody and say, I believe. I believe. And I am happy, I am happy. to be in the house of God. Heavenly Father, we bow our heads and we thank you today for your goodness and your graciousness to this, to, to us, your people, to, uh, to, to this earth, to, to, uh, and even in this service, Father. We thank you, Father, that your, your spirit is here today to minister to us, to change us, to, uh, to take us from glory to glory, from revelation to revelation, to uh, bring healing to our heart and to our life. And Father, we thank you in Jesus' name, Father that your presence is here because we are gathered together here in your name and that you are here with us in Jesus' name. So, Father, we give you this service, we bless you, and we thank you. And everybody says, Amen. Let's sing this out. Why would I? Why would I worry when giants come calling my name? My God is so much bigger than troubles I face. Why would I hunger for power, riches, or fame? Cause my God, yes, He is. My God is so much better than all of these things. I won't be shaken And I won't be moved My God is faithful His promise is true So I speak to the mountains Oh, it's time to move My enemies scatter at the mention in Jesus' name. My enemies scatter, cause they know the battle is done. The victory's already won. He died for my ransom and rose up on the third day. Yes, he did. God is greater than death. Hell and the grave. Oh, I won't be shaken. 
because my God is bigger, better, stronger, greater. Ain't no mountain too high, no valley too low. There's no fear that I have, doesn't already know. There's no problem too big, there's no weapon too strong. There is nothing for God. There is mountain too high or valley too low. There's no fear that I have. Doesn't already know there's no problem too big. There's no weapon too strong. There is nothing for God. It's impossible. Let's give him praise this morning in Jesus' name. We thank you, God. In Jesus' name, we thank you for all of your goodness and your faithfulness. We thank you for your kindness, for your healing, for your redemption, for your love in Jesus' name. Let's sing this out. There was a moment when the lights went out. There was a moment when the lights went out. When death had claimed its victory. The king of love had given up his life. The Stay in history. They're on a cross they made for sinners. The every curse is but atoned. One final breath and it was finished. But not the end we could have known. For the earth began to shake And the veil was torn What sacrifice was made As the heavens roared Let's sing His praise Oh, hail King Jesus Oh, hail the Lord of heaven. 
good. Amen. Let's sing this out. There was a moment when the sky lit up. Yes, it did. A flash of light breaking through. When all was lost, he crossed eternity. The king of life was on the move For in a dark cold tomb Where our Lord was laid One miraculous breath We're forever changed All hail the king Jesus, oh, hail the Lord of heaven and earth, oh, hail King Jesus, yes we do, oh, hail the Savior of the world, oh, hail King Jesus, we proclaim. Say 
you're believing for we would be honored our staff and our prayer team are going to come forward in the next few minutes um, they're here to pray with you to partner with you to believe with you in Jesus name for any kind of breakthrough let's sing this out you are the medicine you are the medicine the only cure for everything I feel Redeeming what was lost and all that could have been Oh, this is a healing kind of love You are the truest friend Staying through the night when I was at my end Till it was light again Oh, this is a faithful kind of love Yes, it is Everlasting Father Prince of Peace Emmanuel, God with us You're here with me Counselor, the government is resting on the shoulders. You are the final word. You alone decide when every page will turn. So I will trust your timing. I will rest is a steady kind of love. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, Emmanuel, God with us, you're here with me. Wonderful Counselor, the government is resting on Shoulders, oh, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, Emmanuel, God with us, you're here with me. Wonderful Counselor, the government is resting on your shoulders. 
You control it all, Lord. Let's sing that again. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, Emmanuel, God with us, you're here with me. Wonderful Counselor, the government is resting on your shoulders. Let's sing this, your names, your name, say it, all say it, all I stand in, Healer, Redeemer, in all things. In Jesus' name, we Thank praise you, God. Amen. Give the Lord a good hand clap. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. With a, with a, with a, a grateful heart, glorifying God, I want you to do this with me, if you will. Join me in prayer uh, real quick. Father, in Jesus' name, we prayed for some here. But Father, we thank you right now for ministering healing to those watching online. Uh, Father, specifically for Teresa, we thank you, Father, for strength in her body, strength and healing in her balance. For Joe Collins, Father, we thank you that you bring healing to all of his heart, that you, uh, you said you create, you create in us a heart of flesh. Father, if you made the first one, you can repair the, new, the old one. So, Father, we thank you right now that you repair, renew, recreate everything in his body that needs to be fixed. Father, for anyone else um, that right now, that Father, that's in here or there, we thank you for healing in their body. But Father, we also are reminded that this day to pray for Israel, to pray for our nation, to pray for all those in authority. And so Father, just and Father, I'm just impressed too. Father, we ask you to bless all the churches 
in this area. That uh, If they call on the name of Jesus as Lord and Savior, Father, we bless them and we thank God for them. And we thank you, Father, for their ministry in this area. That, Father, together we are the body of Christ. We are the Church of Georgia. And, Father, we thank you that you help us all become effective in ministering to people. And, Father, we love people. Right now, say that with me. We love people. And so, Father, we desire to do good to people and to bless this, this world and this nation. And so, Father, we thank you that you give us opportunity in Jesus' name. And everybody says amen. amen. Give me a better amen. Look at somebody and say, hey. Get ready. Okay. Or do it like a T.D. Jakes. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Can I have an amen? Okay, amen. Amen. Give the Lord a good hand clap. morning I want to encourage you in your giving we're going to go to the Lord with our giving this morning and we're going to do two things actually so we're going to receive our tithes and offerings first if you're watching online they're going to show you some ways you can give and also there's some envelopes that should be right in front of you in the chairs and we're going to receive an offering for our tithes and offerings to just general tithes and offerings in just a moment and then we're going to um, do a special missions offering for Israel in just a few minutes but we won't do that first so ushers if you would, <clears throat> you can actually leave these baskets here after we do the first offering, and then we'll do the second offering for Israel separately, but you can still leave the baskets and then pick them up afterwards, okay? So let's just go ahead and, and receive our tithes and offerings this morning. Um, if we look in Luke chapter 6, verse 38, it says, Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap for with the measure you use it will be measured to you father we just thank you this morning that we can come to you and bring our tithes and offerings to you we worship you we thank you for your goodness for your mercy and for your grace and we give freely lord for you give freely so we give freely back to you lord father god for, because we know what you do with it and how you can bless the church and bless the ministries that go out from the church so we ask for your blessings now on the tithes and offerings that we give today and it's in jesus name we pray amen you may bring your tithes and offerings up if you would and put them in the baskets and god bless you for that and uh when we're done with that then we're going to do another special offering and the reason we do it separately is just because we want to make sure that there's a, a differentiation for that and make sure that we understand that we're giving and, and we're still going to receive it and we're still going to um, process it the normal way, but we just want to give you a chance uh, to give in another way. So now we want to give to Israel this morning. Now, um, most of you know that this is a very special time of year for Israel. Um, they just had the Jewish New Year a few weeks ago. Then last week was Yom Kippur, which of course is the Day of Atonement, which is actually the holiest day of the year to Israel. Um, gone through the days of awe, all of that. And now we're at the Feast of Tabernacles, which just started a few nights ago. And it's going to be going pretty much through this week. So it's a very important time as this is the last great feast of the fall feast coming up right now. The Bible says if we bless Israel that God will bless us. He says, I will bless those who bless Israel. He also says if, you're, if you curse Israel, you will be cursed. That's the other side of that. 
This morning, we want to bless Israel. So I want to encourage you this morning. This is a very important time of the year, but it's also a very important time in history. And it's a good time to bless God's people, Israel, and to bless um, God with an offering to Israel. And it'll also bless you to do that. Whatever your need may be this morning, I just encourage you as we do this, I just encourage you to ask God to help you with anything in your life because you have a right to do that because we are partnering with him and we're giving to Israel this morning as our missions for the month of September. So if you would go to me with the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you that we can come and we can worship you today. We thank you that we can bless your nation, Israel, the nation that you loved first, Father God, and the people that you loved first we thank you that we can bless them this morning. You said, if we bless Israel, you will bless us. And we thank you for that. And so we gladly give and in our worship and praise to you. We gladly give in this missions offering to Israel. And we thank you for the opportunity to do that. For you said, those who bless Israel, you will bless. And we thank you for your blessings upon us. And we take your word at your word because it is your word. And we praise you for your word today. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And you may bring your offerings up now. Thank you. Everybody say amen. Glory to God. Um, make sure I did not do that this morning. Amen. Well, praise God. Give me some. Give me some light in here, so I can see everybody's beautiful face that is happy to be in church and looking good. Amen. Waiting on the lights because right now all I see is gray faces. And it actually gets worse as the lights get brighter. But it look, they, the, 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 they get a little brighter for video, but it gets bright out there. Are we, are we getting there? Is it better? Yes. Honest to God, can't tell any difference. <laughs> I just pray for healing in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Anyway, if you got your Bibles, turn with me to first. Okay, it's a little better, I guess. It's a little better. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verse 26. Going to give a little bit of background um, quick. And... Um, I want to again encourage everybody who can stay for lunch and fellowship. If you say, well, I'm not hungry, fellowship. If you are hungry, eat and fellowship. Um, if you're hungry and don't want to fellowship, repent and fellowship. Can I have an amen? Uh, that's the point of it is to be uh, to intermingle. Who in here knows it's good to have friends? It's good to have a relationship. It's also good to know that everybody's going through something um, and you're not the only one. Who's ever felt like you're the only one? And you aren't. You find out everybody's going through something. I still remember there was a pastor. He's, he's in heaven, been in heaven probably 20 years. His name was Larry Irvin, Concord, North Carolina. And one of the most amazing things was this was back in the 80s, and nobody had problems. We just had faith and good confession. Can I have an amen? And I believe in faith and a good confession, and everybody say amen. But sometimes, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, you know, it's good to know. The Bible says to weep with those that weep. So there's got to be some part where you can tell somebody what you're weeping about, even having faith with a good confession. 
And uh, everybody's like, praise God, my church is great. My church is great. My church is great at this pastor's luncheon. My church is great. My church is great. God's good. All our needs are met. Glory to God. Everything to praise God. You got it? Finally, Brother Larry said, he says, guys, could y'all pray for me? He said, my church is falling apart and I need help. Everybody started crying and praying. Oh, mine is too. Mine is too. Oh, it's terrible. You know, finally, somebody realized not everybody's perfect. Can I have an amen? That's the one best thing about fellowship. So I encourage you, look at somebody and say, I'm not perfect. And I know you aren't. Okay? Amen? And so uh, thank God imperfection uh, is perfected with him. And the other side is, is we all have a part. Uh, Not everybody needs mercy all the time. Not everybody needs harshness all the time. Uh, Not everybody needs, you know, prophecy all the time. Not everybody needs teaching all the time. Everybody has a part to play. Everybody's a part of that body. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26. And um, we uh, looked at another thing. We're talking about, you know, embracing the divine potential that God has given you. uh, uh, Basically becoming who God wants you to be. uh, Flowing in the gifts God has given you. And just real quick, uh, because I found out last week the way I said it messed a few people up. And I didn't mean to mess anybody up. I never want to mess anybody up. Uh, And if I do mess you up, I hope I fix you before we're done. Can I have an amen? Okay, so, but this is 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And uh, let's just pick up in verse 27. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise, and wise cho- uh, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty, and the base things of the world and the things which are despised God has chosen. And who in here knows God never goes by the outward external circumstances. He never chooses that which is always the loveliest, the best. God is a master. You know, who, who in here knows God doesn't need your ability he just needs you to be available. He needs your availability. Uh, I've always, you know, that one verse, many are called, but few are chosen. You know who, I really do believe this. You know who were the chosen people are? The people who just stayed and wouldn't go home. The people who just paid the price to, to you know, whatever. Because after a while, who in here knows everybody yelled, Hosanna, Hosanna in Jerusalem when Jesus walked through. There's only about 120 who said that same thing a couple of days later when they're saying, give us Barabbas. Only the true disciples. And, and in fact, right before that, even his own disciples deserted him. So you know what? You got, you got to have some staying power. God always chooses, if, let's look at it again, foolish things. He's always chosen what the world would consider weak things. He's always chosen what the world would call base things. And then he's always, it says here, the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. Now, I, I used last week as a title, not to were. And what I meant was N-O-T, not, T-O-2, and then were, W-E-R-E. Now, in my beautiful Southern, and I've always said Southern, I don't know why, Southern language, slurring and dropping G's and slurring and, you know, giving extra syllables to words that only have one, Y'all ever heard Molly talk? Molly will, one time she goes, we don't want to go to jail. I did not know the word jail had two syllables. We don't want anybody to go to hail. I did not know hail had two syllables. So, you know, we're all Southerners. Can I have an amen? And then we've never met a G we're not willing to drop. Have you ever noticed that? We're just living and serving and worshiping. We're not worshiping. 
Worshiping, can I have an amen? And I was saying were, and it kind of, I think maybe sounded like, we, we, I don't know what it sounded like. I had several people come up and say, what were, what was the and I was like, I guess I was praying in tongues and you need an interpretation. Not to were. God chose the things that are not to were. Then we looked at Abraham's life. And I'm not going to read all that, but I'm going to give uh, real quick Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 through 4. And this is where God speaks to Abram, and that just means exalted father. And he is commanded to leave his family, to, to leave his country, and to go where God has told him to go. Now, I used this the other, uh, just, just earlier today, but I'm going to turn there and I'm going to use it today. In Isaiah chapter 1, this is a great verse. Oh, let me find it because I didn't mark this. Yeah, verse 19. It says, if you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Now, everybody say willing. Now, who in here knows willing has a condition of heart? It's a condition of will. How long does it take to get willing? That quick. You can change what you want to do that quick. Don't tell me you can't. I've met people, they're like, man, I just don't feel like getting up. I just feel like I need to sit here all day. And you let a snake slither across their leg, you go watch them Holy Ghost dance all across the room. Can I have an amen? They got willing real quick. Don't take long to be willing. It's an attitude of heart. But on the other side, just willing isn't enough. Boy, I, I sure want the church to grow. I'll, I'll, I'll beat on this. I sure want the church to grow. You never show up. I had a guy tell me that one time. This, this is back in the 90s. This ain't, I ain't talking about nobody here. I'm talking about somebody who's dead. Can I have an amen? His name was W. I'll just use that. He came up to me at a church. Now, we had merged our church with another church. The Lord told us to, and we did it, and it went great. And he walked up to me. He said, oh, brother, pastor. He says, I, I just miss that church. Oh, I miss it so bad. Oh, I just miss it. sounded so spiritual. and Oh, I just, that church used to just minister to me. And I wanted to look at him and go, well, dear God, brother, I don't know how. You never came. Came about every six weeks. Didn't even tithe. Put in like a five or ten dollar bill. Acted like he did something big. So, so you, you know what I'm saying? So, so you got to be willing, but you got to be obedient. And thank God Abram was willing and obedient. Amen. And when you're willing and obedient in biblical things, you can eat the good of the land. Now then in Genesis 17, this now um, in Genesis 12, in verse 4, it says Abram was 75. Then in Genesis chapter 17, it says when Abram was 99. So we're looking 24 years later. 24 years later, he still don't have a son, although he's been given the promise, you will have a son. And in verse four, it says, as for me, this is God speaking, my covenant is with you and you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, or exalted father, but your name shall be Abraham, which means a father of a multitude. So he has to change his words. He has to now be calling himself Abraham. Now somebody, actually somebody asked me this this morning. Somebody, at least I had this made for me, and it says Pastor Chris, Grace Summit Church, and I like wearing it on church days and stuff, you know. Um, it's, it looks official. Sometimes it gets me in trouble in public. You know what I'm saying? Because I mean, somebody will see that, and I'm not, I'm not paying attention. And I'm not, I'm not doing bad things. Can I have an amen? I know where your minds are going. I rebuke you right now in Jesus' name, okay? I bind you right now, okay? But I'm like, you know, I'll be doing something. I'm not thinking. And somebody will come in, they'll say something, and like, they just start talking about stuff. And I'm like, why are you telling me this stuff? Well, why, you know, why, 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 why? I'm like, it must be the anointing. 
is so strong. They're just drunk. Now they see Pastor Chris and they, you know, they start bringing something up. Then I, oh, I got that on. But you know, I mean, I've never asked to, you know, I've never demanded, let's say that, to be called that. Yeah. A guy asked me, told me one time, I'll tell you who it was. And some of y'all know him. His name was Guy Land. Guy used to go to Living Way years ago. And he said, hey, Chris. And he goes, I'm, I'm so sorry, Pastor Chris. He goes, I'm sorry. He goes, I know I should call you Pastor Chris. I said, Guy, can I tell you something? If I'm your pastor, I'll know it and you'll know it and it don't matter what you call me. Amen. And if I ain't your pastor, I'll know it and you'll know it and it don't matter what you call me. I said, you want to call me Pastor Chris? Call me Pastor Chris. You want to call me Chris? Call me Chris. Doesn't bother me either way. I said, but I do know this much. If I ever speak correction to you and you run off, I was never your pastor. Amen. So it ain't gonna matter. Can I have an amen? Yes. Now, some people can get real picky about their preachy names. I knew a guy now, I'll just call him D. And somebody walked up to him one day and they said, hey D, that's Apostle D to you. Okay. Now on the other side of that, so, so I don't know why he was that funny about that. I mean, I don't know if it was insecurity or, you know. But I'll say this, at least he knew who he is and he's not wanting anybody else to not know. So you can be critical of it. Well, he's just kind of cocky. But how many of you know all of a sudden Abram walking around saying, don't call me Abram. No, 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 no. My name's Abraham. You mean your name's father of a multitude? My name's father of a multitude. That's what you're going to call me. You want me to respond to you? Now, here's something I used to do at youth camp. I'd have some kid walk up and go, hey. I looked at one kid one time. He goes, hey, uh, hey, you, Pastor Chris, you, come. and he went, huh, he's you. I wondered at him, I said, can I tell you something? He said, yes, sir. No, I'm sorry, he goes, huh, yeah. I said, don't you ever call me huh, or you. I said, if you expect me to respond to you, my name is Mr. Chris, Pastor Chris, or sir. I said, I am never gonna respond to you with that. I said, you need to learn respect. I said, you treat me with respect, I'll treat you with respect. I said, until you do, I said, you are nothing to me and I will not even give you the time of day. You understand me? Yes, sir. I said, now son, what you want? And you know what? That boy called me sir and did that all the rest of the time. Sarah Beth went to preach with me one time. She's 10 years old up in New Jersey. And the church had two sections of pews, like these two real long, and they were covered in this plastic vinyl. And I'm preaching, and I'm preaching. She's sitting there in service with me, and she had a quarter. I don't know where she found the quarter. And she had a quarter, and all of a sudden, I'm preaching, you can hear her scratching on the vinyl seat pad. And I was like, so I let it go the first time, and I'm preaching. I finally said, stop that. I did it just like, I said, stop doing that, Sarah Beth. She goes, okay. And she was just being a kid. So after service, this one mother walked over and she goes, oh, and she's talking to Sarah Beth. And so this is up in New Jersey. So we, the day before we'd been all through New York City and done the, you know, Empire State, but have a good time. And so she's sitting there all, and she did, said something and uh, Sarah Beth looked at her and she said, I saw your dad, you know, said something to you. Yeah. She goes, yes, ma'am. And uh, she goes, and I, you know, she, he kind of bought, you know, kind of told you, yes, ma'am. Finally, she, the woman goes, you do not have to call me ma'am. I said, excuse me. I said, yes, she does because I'm her dad. And I require her to call her elders, sir and ma'am. And in fact, if she knows your name, she'll never call you by your name. She'll call you Miss Cindy or Miss Karen or Mr. Chester or whatever. She goes, oh, 
I wish my kids would do that. Well, you just told my kid not to do it. I think I know why your kids don't do it. Because, see, there are certain things you have to control by saying. And it changes atmosphere. And what we as Christians need to do is not change just this atmosphere here, but this atmosphere in here. And unless you speak to yourself in the name that God has called you, you will never change that atmosphere. That's one reason why, and I get where they're going with it. I heard a guy say it yesterday on Christian radio, but I, you know, well, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. I was an old sinner saved by grace. And before Christ came into me, I was going to hell at four, and I know it. And I know without Christ in my life, I'm going to hell. Because the Bible, Jesus said, a man's heart has evil. And without Jesus, I got some evil. Can I have an amen? Y'all have all heard me talk about my invisible ray gun on 285. Oh, if God would just grant me the patentable ability to create a laser gun that would not destroy or kill anybody, but would create small punctures in tires so that as I'm driving, people that get on my nerves, I could just, just, and just have them slowly move over the side of the road and create safety for humanity. Can I have an amen? And I wouldn't just hit one tire. I would drive all around them and hit all four to make sure they cannot get on the road today. Can I have an amen? Who in here knows that ain't Jesus? I don't see Jesus having that attitude to people. But without Christ, I'm going to hell. But I'm not without Christ. It is Christ in me, the hope of glory. Therefore, I'm a new creation in Christ. Behold, all things are passed away. All things are become new. You ought to look at somebody and say, every day you're looking at yourself and say, I'm new today. I smell like plastic. Can I have an amen? Smell like a fresh shower curtain. Who's ever bought a good shower curtain? Man, don't you love it? I love a new shower curtain. Just stand in the shower, just stand there with clothes on. Smell the good plastic. Smells good. Who's ever liked the smell of a new car? Amen? Man, just get in and smell it. You can even buy a fake new car smell. Spray it in there. So what's it smells like? It smells like Chick-fil-A wrappers and new car. Can I have an amen? Ain't that a combination? Jesus chicken and Chick-fil-A and new car. Father of multitude. So he said that. He had to say that. Now, again, we were talking about not to worry. Now, if you will, turn me to Romans chapter 4. And this is verse 17. That is written, I've made you a father of many nations at the presence of him whom he believed. God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Now again, preaching on this always sometimes get taken to extremes. And you got people who will say things, and I'm going to say this. Now, Now here's a principle. In the Bible, that if you believe it in your heart and you confess it with your mouth, it'll come to pass. That's what Jesus said. Amen. What things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. That whosoever say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says will come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. Yeah. That's a biblical principle. Now but, now, but I'm talking about being who God has called us to be. So that means we have to identify with what God has told us to say. Right. And the principles God has told us to live by. So again, I pointed out last week, who in here remembers how you got saved? Here you are, a heathen, you're going to hell, you're unright with God, and the first thing you say is Jesus is Lord. But at that moment, he's not Lord. Which is almost an oxymoron. How can a heathen person claim that? I mean, you got to be honest. Some heathen people, some, some lost people make good sense. What, doesn't it make sense that to be a Christian, you should get cleaned up first and then become a Christian? 
I mean, isn't that what we do in the military in a sense? You can be a soldier, but you gotta go through boot camp. We gotta change your identity. Jesus don't do that. Jesus looked at you and said, listen, if you'll believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that God raised Jesus from the dead and that Jesus is Lord, thou shalt be saved. In fact, he made it even simpler than that. About seven verses later. In fact, he said, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But the, when the moment you say that, you ain't saved. But yet you are saying something that is a not. And the moment you say that not with faith, it becomes a word. And you become not an old creation, but a new creation. Now that principle works in everything in our life. It's funny to me how the secularists believe this much more sometimes than church people. And the bad thing is the secularists believe it because of its, and what I'm gonna call it is like pseudo-psychology. But they believe it. I mean, I've had the heathen people, cussing people, don't say that. Don't speak that over your life. I'm like, well, who have you been preaching listen to? <laughs> Because some of the other preaching that's talking you're doing ain't got no preaching and listening to it. But they're like, man, we shouldn't be saying stuff like that. I'm, 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 I'm gonna watch my tongue. I'm like, who you been listening to? I've even met heathen people that'll read Christian books. You know why? Because somebody successful told them, said, this has got good information on how you should live. They ain't even Christian. You know what they haven't done? They haven't said that Jesus is Lord and let that change their life. But Abraham did. And it says here in verse 19, well, let's, let's back up again, verse 18. Who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations, according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. So again, in Genesis, he got the promise at 75. God changed his name at 99. And if you read it another chapter later, he becomes a father at 100. Wow. A friend of mine whose wife passed away a number of years ago, he got remarried and they got, had twins. He looked at me where he said, my Lord, he goes, it just hit me. When those kids are about 18 to 20, I'll be like 75 years old. I said, have fun with that. Can I have an amen? I didn't know what to say. I said, did you not think this thing through? He goes, well, no. I said, well, you got plenty of time now. Can I have an amen? So it says here, not being weak in faith, verse 19. And being not weak in faith. And being not weak in faith. Now here's the secret to not being weak in faith. Here's the secret to keeping strong faith. And I think sometimes it's one of the untold secrets. It says here, he did not consider his own body. Already dead since he was about 100 years old. And the fact of the deadness of Sarah's womb. So think of this. He's not only got to deal with the fact that his life force to give children is dead. His wife's been barren for her whole life. Yeah. Yeah. So he had to not consider that. Yeah. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith. How do you walk in strengthened faith? This is so simple, sometimes I missed it for years. It says, what did he do? But giving glory to God. Everybody say, glory to God being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able to perform. Now this, I want to read that same passage from the Weist translation, and we don't have it on the screen uh, because I don't even think they sell it. Uh, but this is from the Weist, W-U-E-S-T. You ought to look it up. And not being weak with respect to faith, he, now it's talking about Abraham, attentively considered his own body permanently dead. He being about 100 years old, 
also the deadness of Sarah's room. Moreover, in view of the promise of God, he did not vacillate in the sphere of unbelief between two mutually exclusive expectations. I love that. Because what are the mutually exclusive expectations? One is you're dead. Your wife's dead. You can't have kids. The other is you have a promise of God that you can. So he didn't vacillate between the two. Mutually exclusive expectations. One of them is you got cancer and you're gonna die. The other is the promises that you shall live and declare the works of the Lord. One is that you're, this is gonna happen or, that's gonna, or you're gonna go bankrupt. The other side is that my God shall meet all my need according to his riches and glory. One of them is that people say, well, your kids are gonna die and go to hell. The other one is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou and thy household shall be saved. Can I have an amen? So, but we can't vacillate. So it says here, he did not vacillate, but was strengthened with respect to his faith, having, again, past tense, having given glory to God. Now let's throw something out. I'm believing I'm healed. That's, that's pretty good. I, believe, I, I, I just believe God can heal me. I'm gonna throw something out. That's not good. Because 2 Peter 2.24 says, I always love praying this. Isaiah 53.5 says what? By his stripes I am. But 2 Peter 2.24, because why? First, Isaiah was future tense because the cross hadn't happened. 2 Peter 2.24, though, was past tense. It says, by his stripes I was or were, or you can say am, but that word there in Greek means past. It is a done fact. This is past tense. This is not something I have to, whatever, I have been. Now again, I always love paralleling the two. Who in here is a Christian and loves Jesus? Say amen. Amen. Raise your hands, give me a good amen. Amen. Come on, give me a good Georgia Bulldog, woo! Come on, amen. Okay, some of y'all are tech fans. We can tell, God bless you, we love you anyway, okay? Okay, just give me a good, whatever, Braves are doing, give me a good Braves, woo! Come on. Okay, we, we gotta work on this. Okay, but anyway, who in here as a Christian, you just all said you're Christians, who in here has ever said a bad word, had a bad thought, done something you probably shouldn't have done, and you were convicted that it was sin, hold your hand up, and so you repented, so evidently you repented and you're still in fellowship with God because you're just here and gave glory to God that you're a Christian. Can I have an amen? Yeah. Do you go around and say, well, I sure hope I'm, I'm saved. I know God can save me. I just know God can save me. I know God can save me one day. I mean, you know, I'm still working through some stuff. I mean, I've still got some problems. We'd look at that person and say, listen, you don't talk like that. Did you accept Jesus as Lord of your life? Oh yeah, I did. Then you need to settle that fact. You're saved, you're going to heaven. But I'm having impure thoughts. I I wanna kill people, I wanna beat people up. My mother-in-law's driving me nuts. I just don't know what to do. Can I have an amen? I mean, my kids are just this. I mean, I I don't like Democrats. I don't like Republicans. I don't like this, I don't like that. I can't stand Georgia Tech fans. Can't stand UGA fans. I'm just tired of this. I I just got problems, I'm working through. And you, you, you just don't understand where I'm at. We'd look at them and say, listen brother, don't matter where you're at. Jesus loves you. Jesus paid a price for you. Jesus' blood was shed for you. You just need to receive the gift of God. You just need to stand right now and proclaim to everybody. In fact, in most Baptist churches, and everybody say, God bless the Baptists. Thank God for Baptist people. But if, if, if a drunkard came in smelling a pot and alcohol, walked in and sat on this front row. Now, we ain't Baptists, but this church, any church. 
And I preached a great Billy Graham salvation message. And I gave that ending, come, won't you come? Don't you, you know, we, he comes down. I pray the prayer of faith with him. He says he's safe. What would we do? We'd just stand up and say real quick, man, praise God, all the heavens rejoicing. The angels right now rejoicing. That guy still smells like alcohol and pot. We would just start telling everybody, praise God, he got saved. I mean, he got saved. I mean, he got saved. But who in here knows there's sometimes that moment between that full salvation, that salvation that took place, and then something's working out. I heard a story about a, a biker, a hell's angel guy, bad dude. Everybody got me? Bad dude, the kind that kills people. Well, he got saved, and he's on Christian television. Well, he's only been saved a couple weeks, and he's given his testimony about how God changed him and how bad of his life he had. Everybody's going good. This piece standing up here beside the preacher. It's live TV. And the preacher says, well, let's all pray right now and curse the works of the devil. Well, this guy ain't saved. I mean, he ain't been saved long. Only there's only one kind of curse that he knows. Four-letter word cursing, five-letter word cursing. So on live Christian television, he starts telling the devil to blank this and blank that. And, you know, there's a letter between, between E and G. Can I have an amen? And he starts using that one too. I mean, he's just going to town. Can I have an amen? Cursing the devil. They have to yank him off. He don't know. Nobody went up to him and said, brother, you're going to hell. They said, no, nah, brother, you got you to renew your mind. You need, you need to walk in the light God's given you. Can I have an amen? But we don't do it on any other way. That's what cracks me up when it comes to healing. Well, you know, I got this and I got that. I just know one day God can heal me. I, I just, I'm believing God, God's going to heal me one day. But Abraham didn't do that. Abraham walked around and said, listen, I'm the father of multitude. I got, I, got, I got kids all over the place. In fact, when I look into heaven and I see the stars, I got ki more kids than that. When I look at the sand and I see all the desert, you can find this in there, I see more kids than that. Everybody, you know everybody looked at him and goes, that brother Abraham, my gosh, you know, he's a little senile. I mean, he is just going over the deep end. He's about 100 years old. I mean, he's been drawing Social Security for 35 years. He's been drawing Social Security longer than I've been alive. My gosh, can I have an Amen. I met a guy one time, I called him Mr. Frank. He was 99 years old. I asked him, I said, Mr. Frank, when did you start drawing Social Security? Oh, let me think. I think it was 1962. I said, Mr. Frank, you've gotten your money out of Social Security. I said, because I wasn't even alive in 1962. 100 years old. But he didn't care. He spoke those things that be not as though they were. I just don't know about this and I just don't know about that. Again, you shouldn't be talking that way. There's three things you should never talk about and meditate on. What you don't know, what you don't have, and what you can't do. Because the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ. The Bible says, and what I don't have, my God shall meet my needs, all my needs according to his glories and riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Can I have an Amen. And if it's something I don't know, the Bible says the Holy Spirit leads me into all truth. Amen. And James says, if I lack wisdom, I can ask of him and he gives it liberally. Yeah. So he's not even trying to, you know, and I love that word. You know that word upbraideth? You know what that word means? That's a great word. It means to nitpick. He, so he don't nitpick at you. <sighs> tried to help you last week and you didn't take the help. Now who in here knows we do that? <laughs> I tried to help you last week. You know, I, if you'd have listened to me, I told you how to fix that. Jesus don't do that. Amen. He says, hey, you need some wisdom, I'll give you some wisdom. 
you need to shut up. <laughs> That's what he tells me a lot of times. That's good wisdom, amen? <laughs> you need to hush. That's good wisdom. But he does give wisdom. But see, you gotta say it. Now again, let's go back to this. We are not vacillating between mutually exclusive expectations, but we strengthen with respect to his faith, having given glory to God and fully persuaded that what he had promised with finality, he was also able to do. Now again, I said last year, I believe the greatest revelation I received all last year is that scripture in Psalms, which I have misquoted for 30 plus years, that let the meditation of my heart and the words of my mouth be pleasing. That is not that verse. That verse is, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart. Because if my words are right, my meditation is right. Now, it's not my meditation, because if you look up the word meditation, it means to mutter, to mumble. So see, when people think you're talking to yourself and you're not, no, you're just biblical. Can I have an amen? You should talk to yourself. You'll love this. I, I, I read a biography one time by a guy, and he had dealt with um, alcohol and uh, prescription drug abuse for like 30 years. And it's amazing he wasn't dead. But he had guilt because he, he achieved high success at an early age, and his parents were basically immigrants who just struggled all their life. And here he is. This is back in like the 50s, and he's making like $45,000 a week. He was an entertainer. So he began to, and, and nobody told him to do this, and one of the psychologists, who, counselors he met with told him, said that this was probably the smartest thing he ever could have done. He began to talk to himself in a tape recorder, listening to his own words talk out the problems of his life and talking out how to walk in success in that life. It was his words, not the validation of someone else. Back in the 90s, I, I was standing around, and I love watching people. I mean, that's where half my stories come from, some you know, things that I've observed. And this woman's talking, and she's all mad about somebody. I don't know what it is. And I'm sitting there. I, I want to say I was with my dad. I can't remember who I was with, but I know I told him this. And all of a sudden, this woman goes, she goes, the this is at church. The problem with her is she don't know who I am in Christ. And I leaned over to my dad. I said, no, daddy. The problem with her is she don't know who she is in Christ. If she knew who she was in Christ, she wouldn't care what the other person thought. Amen. Can I have an amen? amen? But you see, you've got to have some conviction in that. Because some of the people out in the world will give you fits when you start talking who you are in Christ and what you can do in Christ and what you have in Christ. And some people in church will give you a fit worse than they will. Then people will respect you sometimes. Sometimes church people won't. Well, who do you think you are? You think you're better than me? I've been serving the Lord more than you. Now, I'm going to throw this out. I told a good Baptist friend this yesterday. God bless the Baptist. But I told him, I said, here's the reason why some people don't walk in healing. He goes, what? I mean, he just, he glazed over a little bit. I said, because they don't believe that it comes by grace. I said, they're operating on it on works. I said, and as a good Baptist, you know salvation don't come through works. It comes by grace and faith that we inherit the promises of God. I said, so we have to make sure we don't walk in works when it comes to healing. And even though we've been a faithful saint, Jesus don't heal us because we're faithful. Amen. Now he remembers our faithfulness. Now I'll throw this out, you've got a right to maybe reason with him on that. But the gift of God is always by grace. Whether or not we, because who in here knows we don't deserve any of it. But thank God we don't get what we deserve. We get what he wants to give. And who in here knows what he gave? 
everything that pertains to life and godliness. So you know what we ought to be talking about and giving glory to God with? The promise of God. Because if we will speak with glorification on the promise of God, it will manifest in our life in an attitude of faith. Well, I just, I just don't know how, you know, I just, I get, years ago, there was this um, Ugandan couple that used to come to church here. And uh, she was actually a princess. Um, she was Ugandan royalty. Uh, Sola, Josh and Sola. You remember? And so because of them, I got to do all these, you know, baptisms for these, you know, I'm sorry, Nigerian, not Ugandan, Nigerian, for these Nigerians. And what's funny was, I didn't know this, in their culture, the baby has no name until the pastor um, dedicates the baby on the eighth day. It's very Jewish. And so I wear this baby dedication and this woman got this baby. And here's the bad thing, I felt so bad. I'm, I am slaughtering these Nigerian names. Can I have an amen? I'm sitting there with them for 10 minutes. Syllable this out for me, Josh. Tell me how to say this name. And he's like, you know, he's like, Owasso. And I'm like, oh, Owasser. You know, I'm doing my, my stuff thing. Owasso. No, 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 no. It's not Owasso. You know, so I'm, I'm really working. So we do this baby dedication and they do it so much. There's enough food to feed everybody in here two times over. Uh, and, this is, and then at the end of it, they take up an offering for the college fund for the baby. Yeah. I just thought that was so beautiful. And everybody brings an offering and a good offering. And everybody takes food home. Yeah. In fact, most people loaded up to go plates before they even ate. I've never seen that in my life. But I mean, you just load up. This is just great. It's so much fun. And so I walked over to the mom and dad after, after we're... The, ceremony and we're talking and stuff and we're just talking and um and i said what does the baby's name mean in english she goes miracle i said it does i said oh that's beautiful she said well see i'm not i wasn't supposed to have him i said do what she goes oh i wasn't supposed to have him she said and during the pregnancy they told me that if i had him he would be deformed or you know uh, um uh, mentally incapacitated or something. she said so I, I was you know like told to abort she said, but I knew that wasn't the will of God. Amen. But she did not consider her own body, nor the deadness of what they said about that baby. But so what, I said, so what did you do? I mean, I want to know. This, I, I've never forgotten this story. She goes, I'd get my Hosanna tapes. Now, honey, you've got some old Christian music in you if you still got a Hosanna CD laying around. So those CDs, remember those things? And I mean, they were just, they were like life-changing. There had never been anything like that when they came out. Man, they just blew up everywhere. She said, I'd get those uh, CDs and I'd put them on in my, my bedroom. And now here she is, six, seven, eight, nine months pregnant every day. And I would just dance and worship before the Lord. And thank God for my baby that's well and whole and perfect. Ten fingers and ten toes and two eyes and two nostrils and one mouth. Can I have an amen? And she goes, and I have my miracle. Amen. Every day, what did she do? She gave glory to God. Yeah. Well, now, you know, you just better have some wisdom. <laughs> That's true. But that wisdom better be founded on the word of God Amen. and what God has spoken to you. Yeah. Not on the unbelief of some other person. Never. Who in here knows you should never take counsel of your fears? Yeah. That's really not a biblical quote, but it's a good quote. But I'll throw this out. You should never take counsel from uh, someone else's fear. Because they may not know what you know. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I remember telling a friend one time. I said, I'm going to fast for three days. First comment out of his mouth. Man, I just don't know if that's safe, brother. I mean, you might can die. 
I was 16 years old. He was an idiot. Can I have an amen? And he talked me out of it. He sure did. Because after I started getting hungry, I thought, man, you know, I don't want to pass out and hit my head and die in the living room by myself. You know, daddy comes home. I'm laying on the floor. You know, I mean, I had all these fearful visions. Can I have an amen? That's crazy. So don't be weak in faith. Give glory to God. If you don't know what else to do, just give glory to God. Father, I thank you that I'm blessed. I thank you that I'm healed. Thank you that I'm whole. Thank you that I'm good. But thank you. If you don't, if you say, well, I ain't got nothing to say. You got this. If you're a Christian, thank God I'm going to heaven. Thank God I'm saved. Thank God I'm, you know, I love it in the summertime in Georgia. Go into some place and they'll say, sure is hot outside, but it ain't as hot as hell. I'll, I'll say that every time in summertime. I'll say, but it ain't as hot as hell, and I ain't going to hell. Thank God I got saved at the age of four because that church was hot. And if there was any place hotter than that church, I did not want to go there. I didn't want to be at church at four. I wanted to watch Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom and Disney, and then followed by F Troop. Can I have an amen? I had my priorities as a four-year-old. Disney, animals, F Troop. I said, I got saved. I said, Jesus is the Lord of my life, and thank God I ain't going to hell. This is as hot as I'm ever going to have to live. Can I have an amen? And I've had people lean over and go, I'm saved too. And I've also had people go, and I said, but I'll tell them, all you got to do is make Jesus Lord of your life, and you can go to heaven. Man, you can see conviction get all over them. <laughs> you know, you can, there's a guy at a car store I used to see all the time. He's, um, um, I'm just trying to make sure how I want to say it. He's a, he's a transvestite. And um, I love him. I just, you know, I look at him and I think about, you know, he could be my kid. And I feel sorry for him. And, uh, but I have invited that boy to church so many times, picked at him, joked about him. I just told him one time, I said, brother, you're going straight to hell. And I started laughing about it because he said something I said, you shouldn't be doing it. I said, I said, if you don't change. And it was on something funny and he started laughing. I said, but brother, I said, all you got to do is make Jesus Lord of your life. And I said, I want you to come to my church. And I, he said, oh, y'all probably wouldn't want me. I said, brother, I said, I want you. I don't care. Amen. I want you, I, you know, I want to, because you know what? I know he's got to go from a knot yeah. to a word. And if he does that, it changes everything else. Amen. I ain't worried about that. Can I have an amen? amen? But how do you do that? You got to give glory to God. Yeah. So I look at somebody and say, glory to God. God is good. And his mercy endures forever. I, um, as I close, I'm going to throw this out. And I, uh, I had somebody ask me not long ago, and we were talking, and we were talking about why I preach like I do. And uh, if there's anything my heart desires, and I think it's the spirit of God's heart for everybody, is to walk in what God gave you. What good is it that he bought redemption for us and we don't walk in it? Or we only walk in a part? And that's the part that I think is the saddest. I got a friend who's got a truck very similar to mine, but his is newer. Now, I didn't know what mine was when I bought it. I mean, I knew what kind of truck it was, but I didn't know the edition version. Well, come to find out it's the top edition of that year. I don't know. But it's got, it's got heated seats. It's got cooled seats. That's even better. 
I mean, you let me get in the summertime, the air is on 100%, it's on max. Lisa's vents are closed and she ain't in the car, so I get all the air. She's in the car, I share. Can I have an amen? I share. But then I hit those cool seats, and man, about 10, 15 minutes, I am ready to go. And I keep it on 60 degrees, almost year-round. Because it's just, I mean, I just love it. Because I can keep the air cool and the seats warm and keep my bottom happy. Can I have an amen? Happy, happy, happy. You know, I said, but he's got this new truck. He bought it used. He'll call me all the time. He'll say, Chris, how do I do this in my truck? I'm like, Bob, I don't know. I don't have your truck. Well, it's got so many things I don't know. I'm like, well, they have a manual, Bob. Yeah, I just figured you might know. But because he won't pay the price to find his manual, there are things that that truck can do that he don't know. Now, his truck will do way more than mine will. His, His truck's got that 360 camera thing. When you pull in, he can see all the way around his truck. I just see behind me. So I can run over you frontwards, but I'm not going to hit you backwards with the, with the camera if I'm watching the camera. <laughs> Hopefully I'm watching outside and I ain't hitting nobody. But see, God doesn't want us just to walk in a part of salvation. He wants to walk in all of it. And I remember going to a church when I was, I think, 12. And the preacher preached on the full armor of God, guest speaker. And all he kept doing was comparing everything of his suit, three-piece suit to the armor of God, which was a good illustration. I've never forgotten that. But all he kept telling us was what to do. You need to do this. You need to do that. You need to live right. You need to live by faith. And we're driving home and I started crying. I ain't crying now because my dad was so gracious. I looked at him. I said, Daddy, I said, I'll do anything they tell me to do if it's in the Bible. I said, God, help me. I just want to make him happy. I said, I'll do anything they tell me to do. I said, but daddy, they don't tell me to do anything. In a sense, they tell me what to do, but nobody tells me how. Yes, that's, good. that's like saying, telling somebody, well, you need to change the tire. Well, if you ain't ever changed a tire, you don't know how. And I looked at my dad, I said, daddy, I said, I want to know how to do it. I said, I'm not trying to be irritated. I said, but I'm tired of being told what to do and not how to do it. My dad leaned over and we're driving this $55, 66 beat up Volkswagen that my dad put 300,000 miles on. And he leaned over, he looked at me and teared right up his, he said, son, then we'll find out together. Whatever it takes, we'll find it. I'll tell you something, it hurts me inside to see people who don't know the how. Oh my God, it hurts me. Because there's principles that just work. Like I'll show you a principle that works, it amazes me, but I use it to my advantage all the time. That's called gravity, can I have an amen? I use that law all the time. I will take stuff that I know can roll downhill and I will let it roll so I don't have to push it. I've done that many times. And I'll work gravity to my my advantage. And God wants us to use his word to our advantage so that Satan does not steal our life. And that comes by being two things, willing and obedient. Now, if God told Abram to change his name, he had to be obedient, right? And if God tells you to change your knots to words, you have to be obedient. Can I have an amen? And if you're not, here's the hard truth. 
It's not that God's hand's not working for you. It's that you're not working with God's hands for you. Somebody asked me one time, I said, do you always ask for prayer? I said, no, not from some people. They said, why? I said, because they don't know how to pray. And I said, I don't need opposition in my prayer. I said, I want somebody to agree with me in prayer. And then we have God move. Can I have an amen? Look at somebody and say, I believe God is good and he's gracious. In Jesus' name. Father, we bow our, eye, bow our heads. <laughs> we bow our eyes. We bow our heads and we close our eyes and we thank you, Father, that you were so good to us, that you paid an incredible price for us to walk in the knowledge of Christ, to walk in the knowledge of redemption. And Father, you have placed within us the kingdom of God. Father, forgive us as Christians of walking unworthily of all the price that you've paid and all the gifts that you've bestowed. Father, forgive us for using humility as a crutch because we didn't really want to truly walk in it. False humility, false humbleness. True humility receives the gift of God. Right now, if you'd say, Pastor Chris, um, there are things in my life, I'm, I know I'm, I'm, I've got light to change. Nobody looking around, here or at home. If you're at home, email us, info at gracesummitchurch.org, anything we can pray for or this. But if you'd say, there's some, some things I know I need to change, hold your hand up. Hold your hand up. Now, say, I got my hand up too. I have to watch it. Okay, put your hand down. And thank God for it. Thank God for it. We all, you know, my opinion is everybody should raise your hand on it. Everybody needs to, to, to constantly course correct on some things because we get off base. It's just, we drift. That's a better word. We just drift. Just certain things happen in life, we drift. But if you'd say right now, Pastor Chris, I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. And this is mostly for online. But I never, I always want to give a close with this because you never know who's going to watch it and whenever they're going to watch it. But if you'd say, Chris Vaughn, I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. All that you have to do at this moment is confess Jesus as Lord and believe it in your heart. I mean, you can cry out, God help me. I ask Jesus to come into my life. And he does. And everybody says amen, because he does. And that is a promise eternal, written and given to us. So this week I challenge you, consider not certain things in life, but give glory to God for the promise of God that he gave. Well, Pastor Chris, I'm tired and I can't see it. Well, still do it anyway. Amen? <laughs> Who in here is sincere? Can I have an amen? This is kind of a trick question. But who in here knows sincerity is not feeling? If I sincerely love my wife, I will hold her hair while she throws up in the toilet. I do not want to be around that. Can I have an amen? I'm that kind of guy who, you know what I'm saying? I got a cousin who if somebody throws up in front of him, he passes out. And he'll just pass out, hit the, hit the, hit the floor. His wife was throwing up and he was, she, she looked at me and, she, and it's a joke between them because he's passed out in front of her when she was sick and he's trying to help her and she's in the bathroom just vomiting and he got a wet washcloth trying to help her and he leaned his arm in and just threw it at her. 
And she made the statement, she said, that meant a lot to me, that he would at least try to help me. She goes, cause it's like a medical condition. If somebody goes, like, his eyes are like, it's like, you know. and I didn't know that. And I wanted to throw up so bad right then. Can I have an amen? I wanted to watch my cousin Devin fall out right there. Only a good loving cousin would want that right there. I want to be sick for two seconds just to watch Devin pass out. That would have been a great moment in my life. What did you do to this day? I made my cousin <laughs> watch him. Now that I know it, I'll make fun of it and have fun with him. Amen. But he was sincere. So sincerity doesn't mean you feel like it all the time. It means you pay the price to do it. And the problem with younger people is sometimes is because we're all immature at some level, we think we have to feel it for it to be real. And that ain't real life, is that right? Who in here knows marriage isn't always feeling? Because there's been some days I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, Lisa Vaughn has wanted to kill me. Can I have an amen? Now I never have ever wanted to kill Lisa. Can I have an amen? It's a totally one-sided thing and let's all say amen. And that is a lie right there. God forgive me in Jesus' name. Okay, I'm just having fun. Amen. I want to encourage you a couple things real quick. Give me some slides. First of all, second Saturday prayer. That'll be a week from this Saturday. Uh, this is a weird week, month. Usually second Saturday prayer and the women's uh, Bible study is the same day. But, uh, or the same weekend, I should say. But this is the, actually, this is this coming Saturday. And then the next Saturday is Second Saturday Prayer. So it's kind of split this week. Uh, remember Wednesday night? Uh, join us on Facebook. Uh, oh, stop, stop, let me say this on, online. Uh, if, if you join us, go, go, you can go to Facebook. Most people still do Facebook. Go to YouTube. Um, uh, Facebook is getting wonky sometimes. Uh, the music that we use, uh, we, pay, we pay for. We pay for streaming rights. But it's, it's, it's the actual track that the people use who recorded it. And Facebook thinks that we're bootlegging it. And so I'm constantly getting little reminders. And so if you ever go to Facebook or YouTube, you will see things on it. It'll give us our, it gives our CCLI number. It'll tell you who we buy it from, blah, blah, blah. We have to do that. I, I have no problem doing that. But sometimes Facebook gives us cry, grief. So if you ever go to Facebook and we're not there, go to YouTube. I just want to say that, okay? Go to, go to YouTube. YouTube actually streams a little better. And then Harvest Festival, Saturday, Act Triber 28th. Uh, rain date's the 29th. Uh, fireworks begin around 8.30. It'll be 7 to 9. Uh, we have banners going up this week. And so it's going to be a great day. And then that is today. Now, ooh, I want to, this was given to me today. We'll have a slide next week. Uh, cleansing Stream Seminar. Cleansing Stream's uh, ministry in the ch uh, church. And uh, it starts next uh, Sunday. And it's only a 15-minute meeting, but if you are interested, where's Frida? Frida, raise your hand. Uh, see Frida uh, during uh, lunch and talk to her and find out. Uh, there's, a number. there's actually four days of meetings, and everything's online. Uh, there's a workbook and training that's all online. And then there's a, a retreat you go to um, in Florida if you're available. This is a, a ministry that really deals with healing and deliverance and being, and being set free emotionally. So it's a great ministry, so I wanna encourage you. Also, uh, two weeks from today, we're gonna to be celebrating baptism and everybody say amen. amen. Now, I, I do know this too. I do know that that's also Pastor Appreciation Today. Day. So, um, um, and so I found out, I actually was requested and was kind of fussed at because they said, you should not be doing anything on Pastor Appreciation Day. And I told my sister elder, just to not name who it was, that uh, I was glad to do it because to me, baptism is just fun. Can I have an amen? I mean, that's, that's just, 
That's fine to a preacher, to a pastor. So we're having baptism on the 15th. If you would like to be baptized, please let me know so that we can make sure you know um, uh, all the all the parameters that day, and we're going to do it right at the beginning of service, and it's going to be a fun time and a great day. Can I have an amen? Only thing we ask is you don't cannonball into the baptistry. Amen. But if you want to, praise the Lord. I, you might as well, why not have fun? Can I have an amen? Also, small group every Sunday morning, 945 to 1030. Uh, a lot of good fellowship, a lot of good eating. Uh, this morning was a lot of good donuts. God bless Johnny and uh, Lonnie and Janice. And so join us for that. What's my last one? Was that my last one? That's my last one. Okay. Now, a couple things. Um, uh, when I pray, I'm going to pray and dismiss. We're going to go eat lunch. I th- which door do we go out? Go out the middle door here. I want to make sure everybody knows this if you've got small kids. If you have small kids, because uh, who in here knows a small kid does not want to eat soup, <laughs> cornbread, or chili? We're praying for their redemption and release into great things. Can I have an amen? But, so because they may not, there are hot dogs for the kids. Um, I just saw a teenager's head alight with joy. I said hot dog and her head goes, <laughs> we've got a hot dog for you. Okay. So if you're an adult, don't eat the hot dogs until all the kids go through. Let's make sure those kids get those hot dogs. There's not that many, but we want to make sure they were taken care of. Uh, and if you don't like chili, they are all beef hot dogs. So they're not those good chicken part hot dogs that Pastor Chris just loves. Can I have an amen? There's just nothing that tastes like gross, cheap hot dogs, but praise God, it tastes great on a golf course. So, uh, everybody stand up with me. Let's pray the benediction. Father, we thank you right now for this food that we're about to receive. Thank you, Father, for these people. Thank you, Father, for those online. We ask, Father, that your presence be with them, your face shine upon them, your grace be made known to them, and that, Father, that we will always walk strong in faith, giving glory to you, knowing that what you had promised you are able to perform and that you perform it every day in our life. Thank you, Father, this food is blessed and sanctified. We receive it as such. And thank you for the hands that prepared it. We ask, Father, for your blessing upon that. In Jesus' name, and that you take sickness and disease from our midst. In Jesus' name, everybody says, Amen. amen. Turn around, shake hands and be friendly with each other. But be mad at the devil and beat him up.